I wanted to ask you if in your shift, one shift of one day, whatever the hours you worked on the air, not behind the scenes, on the air, did you have days where you sold a million dollars? That was an hour, one hour. One, one hour, hour you sold a million dollars, and people out there say, well, now I know why he's saying this girl is good. You are real that. good, Miss Lyle, real good. Oh, my, oh, my. You're listening to Rick Flynn. With a shout-out from London Town, it's Rick Flynn Presents... Now, ladies and gentlemen, your MC for the affair, Rick Flynn. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome on in. Boy, it's been a lot of years since I first heard this beautiful woman. I'm delighted to have her as a guest. What a pro in television because it's none other than as far as my money is concerned on top of the table one of the true professionals in the tv shopping game she's personality michelle lau michelle come on in here and say hello to our audience we're delighted to have you today oh i couldn't be happier than to be here today and thank you for that nice introduction rick now, you heard my interview, I was told, with Deborah Driggs. Deborah, I did. Yeah, Deborah Driggs is the former cover girl and former centerfold who really virtually changed her life around. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I was inspired, really, by listening to her. You know, you wonder how their lives unfold and what goes on. And um, it was, what was really funny about that is I worked with her ex-husband years ago, Mitch Gaylord, when I was at HSN. So it added a whole new layer, you know, and I really enjoyed it. You did a great job at that interview, I thought. Oh, I loved it. I had a good time, but I would like to apologize to you right now, uh, Michelle, uh -oh. if you don't mind. Yeah, I owe you an apology. I would, what? I would like to say I'm sorry, Michelle Lau, for my not, that's N-O-T, for my not being Lionel Richie Jr. or a member of the rock band America. Who, oh my who gosh. Did, who did. You remember I, this? I've been through the desert on a horse with no name. It felt good <laughs> to be out of the rain. You see, ladies and gentlemen, these are these personalities Michelle's hanging out with on the air, on the TV. Lionel Richie Jr., the rock band America. Now you're with the ad libber from Cincinnati. I apologize, but the best I can do for you today, Michelle, is this. How's this? Michelle, you're once, twice, three times a lady. And Aww. there, that's as close to Lionel Richie as you're going to get today. Is that okay? That's great. I can't believe you remember that. That is fantastic. That is one of my most fond memories of working at America's Store in HSN. What Rick's talking about is when I was a host there, I was on the air one morning. I'm assuming this is what you're talking about. It's too much of a coincidence for it not to be. We haven't talked about this before, you and I, Rick. But Have we yeah, talked about any of the questions <laughs> I'm going to ask you today? No, but this one brings brings back a really fond memory of mine. One of my best memories of, of working there. I'm on the air and I'm single at the time. Right. And oh, I'm you were single. You were not married. <laughs> yeah. No. My, we're going to get into that in just a minute because there's something else about me that you don't know. And you're going to hear that right after this story. Oh, my God. Continue right. on. <laughs> so I'm doing my thing out there. I don't even remember what I was selling that day, but I look up and I catch Lionel Richie um, in the side of my eye and my vision's not very good. Right. So for me to see him, I was like, no, is that really what I'm seeing? And I look over and then I look to my right and I see this incredibly handsome cowboy and I'm, th and I'm into cowboys, right? I'm a single girl. I'm thinking, woo. And it was Ty Herndon. And so they came out and, um, air supply came out. I got a kiss from 
both Lionel Richie and Ty Herndon. Uh, it was fantastic. It was unbelievable. I, it was one of the few times that I couldn't speak for a few moments, Rick. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. In Cincinnati, Ohio, to this very day as we speak right now, my television station, WKRP-TV, they carry, well, we lease a channel to HSN and another one that we have in our digital spectrum to JTV. Ah. You were on both of those in your career, correct? Yes, absolutely. I hosted the morning show at JTV for five years. And if I add up the years that you were on the combo of HSN's America's Store and then JTV, the combination of only those two networks, and I'm not counting any of the others that you worked at, but just those two is something like 17 years. Would that be correct? Yes, Rick, that's correct. That's correct. I'm a lifer. Boy, isn't that the truth. Now, <laughs> QVC, where you've worked for them too. Are you still working for them? Oh, I love QVC. Yes, I'm on the air at QVC as a gemstone expert. I um, am their brand ambassador for their Affinity Diamond Collection and their Firelight Diamond Collection, in addition to doing their gemstones. I just absolutely love it in Pennsylvania. It's a wonderful place to live. Right. Now, QVC has been selling diamonds for about 30 years. And the way I have it figured, your career that you've had as a TV shopping personality, that's about 30 years, probably right there. You've been selling as long as QVC has been on the air. Am I right there? You know what? I've never thought of it like that, but you're absolutely right. Yes, we absolutely. have matured together. <laughs> Boy, isn't that the truth. Now, you got started when you were 16. I got started when I was 17. We're, okay. we're so close. My speech teacher in high school came to me when I was a senior in high school. She said, and, and I'd, oh, I love speech. I took it in junior high school, and I took it and was part of the debate team in high school. I took it in college. But when I was in high school, the teacher came and said, look, uh, they're looking for somebody up at the PBS affiliate up the road, and they need someone to come in and represent our school to give the, the news of the high school what's going on in their nightly news that they do there. With They want to put a little local feel to it. So I had my father drive me up there, and he stood off to the side in the studio, and I rattled the news of the high school off, and they ended up bringing me up there for several weeks in a row, and I loved it. I was 17 years old, and I got started one year after you did. And what wow. was your first job when you were 16? Well, I got really lucky. I um, landed a job with Seventeen Magazine, and that's where I kind of caught the bug. Boy, you I had the there. look for it. You had the look for it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Photogenic, well, my dear. Very photogenic. Oh, that's very sweet of you, Rick. I appreciate that. Now, uh, it, was, it was a wild ride. It was fun. Oh, it was. Now, see, I used to go into the control room where they had monitors set up on every station that we owned. And I would see Michelle Lau in the morning. And then years later, I'd look over at the JTV and there you were there. You see, <laughs> I followed your career. I was forced to follow your career, Michelle Lau. <laughs> they held me captive in a room. And I had my show back when we were on the WB. That's the Warner Brothers Network. Do you remember that? I do. Yeah. Well, we were the WB affiliate. And I'm telling you, Michelle, I knew all about you. And I'd never spoken to you. I'd never met you. I had never communicated with you. But I said to myself when I saw you, I said, if I ever get the chance to work with this smooth operator over here, this professional, just like Sade sings, smooth operator. I said, <laughs> this lady is excellent. And Lord Almighty, you're one of the few I can say that can ad lib as well as I can. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, anytime. I'd love to work with you anytime, anywhere, anyplace, Rick. Well, I'm just here to tell you, 
I want you to say, like when you're a DJ, you learn your life is laid out in portions and you remember the songs and what you were doing when they came and so forth and so on. But when you sell items like you do on TV, do you remember the years according to what you were selling? Because it's not really about music, is it? Um. No, although there we've had some obviously with Lionel Richie in the studio. Yeah, oh by the way, supplies. you were selling his CD. Was I? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. I totally went blank. I'll tell you what, when I saw that that those beautiful men in my studio yes. and um they popped in unexpectedly, actually. They weren't scheduled for an appearance with me. It was, it completely threw me off my game. I, I don't know how I even, what I said, I don't know how I handled it. You I said, do know oh, that it will- I, I have Lionel's CD right here, and you showed the audience, <laughs> and then you had the rock band America in there. And that two. was fun. Yeah, and you said, yes. oh, and I, I have the America CD, here it is, and you held it up, <laughs> and you, you were all shaken because it was like you didn't expect them to be there not at all i remember now when i asked lionel richie i asked him about that story that was circulating at the time and has for years about him in the elevator that's what i asked him rick do you know what story i'm talking oh, about? oh wait was that the that was the one where he said something about that the story could not have been true because if yeah. he was at that hotel he would not have been on the public elevator they'd have put him around back and he would have used the service elevator <laughs> with the dog it was yes. the dog in the elevator yes. yeah he have, the story goes that I'll see if I can remember it exactly but the story goes that they had a dog with them named Lady and he said, lady down, and the woman in the elevator. <laughs> oh, no, no, she didn't. No, yeah, she didn't. That was the way the story went. And yes, you're right. He said, no, it wasn't true. But he said, it's been a story that's been around for a lot of years. Anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we've had some fun. I'll tell you what, when I was a drummer, playing in the show bands. We had matching tuxedos for the men. We had a girl that looked like and sang like Barbara Streisand. And that's no exaggeration. That's how good she was. She was gifted. She was a singer that was born, not trained. And wow. we were we were playing at the tallest building in Fresno, California. It was a skyscraper. It was the Del Webb townhouse. And we showed up there after having traveled there from Cincinnati. And our initial contract was, I think, two weeks. We ended up playing two months. We got held over. Wow. And when we checked in, they said, you're all staying on floor 17. You will stay on 17 because that's where our entertainers go. No public is booked there. Nobody will be on 17. You'll be alone. The husband and wife team that were in the band. She was the singer. He played the Hammond B3. And I was the drummer. So we had rooms next to each other. And we had our own private floor on 17. Until one day, I got off the elevator. And they got off the elevator with me. It was about 1 o'clock in the morning or so after we would quit. And we see this man sitting on a folding chair in this gorgeous hotel I mean, it was marble and chandeliers. You know what I mean? Wow. And he's sitting on a folding chair, the kind where if you went and bought a card table at the Walmart, you know, this little cheap folding chair they give you, you know, that's what he had. We said, well, something's just not right here. Uh, this man's out here sitting in the hall by, by this door. We didn't know what to do. Uh, we could have left. We could have gone back down to the desk and said, somebody's up here in the hall. We don't know who he is. Have him checked out. And we didn't do any of that. We didn't call the police. We didn't call the operator. We didn't have a a hotel detective come up. We just did what came naturally, and we went up to him, and we introduced ourselves. And we said, excuse me, sir, but they have told us we're the entertainers playing in the show lounge downstairs. They told us that there was going to be nobody on 17, that this is the entertainer's floor. Can you tell me why you might be here today? Maybe it'll set us 
at ease, make us feel uh, a, a little uh, less curious. He said, I'll be happy to tell you why I'm here. Sure. He said, my name is Detective so-and-so, and I'm here with the Fresno, California Police Department. I'm a detective, but I'm not working for them at this moment. I'm doing a private detail that I was hired to do. You're going to have company for the next two days. And the company, oh, don't worry, he's an entertainer, all right. We said, oh, yeah. He said, get ready, yeah, you're going to have a visitor. He's going to be staying with you for two nights. And all of a sudden, the service elevator. There it comes again, Michelle. The service elevator around the corner clanked, which is metal on metal. Because see, the passenger elevator where the people are allowed, they have the doors that open east and west. You know what I mean? Right, right. The service elevator goes north and south, and when you close them, it goes bang like a car wreck. You know what I mean? (laughs) I, I do. So we hear this bang like a car wreck, and we tell the detective, oh, that's the service elevator, sir, that there's somebody that has just landed on the service elevator out there. And so we calmed him down. He didn't know what it was, but we told him, no need to get upset. That's somebody coming out. We're thinking it's the help at the hotel, you know. Around the corner, may lightning strike me dead, Michelle, if I'm not lying to you. I'm telling you the God's awful truth. Who comes around the corner with his wife but Johnny Cash? Oh, my gosh. He's wearing Johnny Cash is there. He's wearing black slacks. The man in black, he's wearing (laughs) a black uh, expensive shirt, but no tie. And he's wearing a black sport coat that matches the slacks and it's got the little speckly things on it like you would wear because there was a convention center arena right across the street from this hotel and he had just got done playing the show and his uh, wife June Carter Cash her mother grandma Maybell Carter was inside that hotel room with the son and the son was John Cash Jr. He was about four or five at that time. At the time, wow. Yes, at the time. They had been getting kidnap threats, the detective told oh. us. And he said, that's why I'm here. I'm here to prevent that from happening. Sure enough, he did. Oh, he accomplished his oh. goal. Nobody bothered Mr. Cash and his wife and his mother-in-law and his child when that man was there. And we met Johnny, we met June, we spoke to them. They were as kind-hearted as you could ever imagine. We loved every second of it. And that's my service elevator story for you, Michelle. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Did you get to say hello? Did you shake hands? Oh, we talked out in the hall for 15 minutes. How exciting. We introduced ourselves. We said we're going to be right next door to you here we're the entertainers playing in the show lounge and it's great to meet you and, and he was just like on tv he said, hi when he walked around the corner hi everybody i'm johnny cash and <laughs> i'll tell you what michelle it is a memory i will never in my lifetime forget isn't it funny the memories that we make and i, I don't know we we lived we live kind of a charmed life don't we the people that we get to meet and interact with and the things we get to do I just feel so fortunate. I love it. Experienced. I all those years ago when I saw you on America's Store, and I said to myself, "This girl is so good that I will do what I need to do someday if I could work with her, just to showcase her talent to other people will make me happy." And when I had the chance, oh my goodness gracious, lady, you earned it. You earned it. I'm not giving you anything that you did not earn. You're you're a wonderful, wonderful broadcaster. You even go to these trade shows in Las Vegas every now and then. You were talking about that. Now, why in the shopping business on TV would you go to the TV convention? Explain that to me. Well, I think you're talking about NAB, right? Yes, yes. Isn't that funny? Yeah, you remembered that too. 
I have, and I'm one of. The, I think I'm one of the few on-air personalities from HSN or from QVC that actually attended those. I just felt really strongly about it. I had some friends in affiliate marketing, and uh, ironically, one of them lives right down the street from me now, which is crazy. We're in a whole different city in a whole different state, but that's how I met him. As we traveled to NAB, I went to them and I said, "I really want to go." Because my customers, a lot of them are coming from the low power channels. They're coming from the channels that don't have cable. At the time, we were doing big business with low power with HSN. And I said, I want to meet those station managers. I want to get to know them because they're doing me a favor, you know, by by uh, broadcasting our, our network and showing me a lot of support. I mean, they were running promos for me and doing all kinds of things that they didn't have to do. And I wanted to say thank you. So I went out there and you know, got to meet a number of them and still have relationships with some of them to this day. And I've just, I really, that was so rewarding and so fulfilling to be able to do that because that's the one place where they all are at the same time. <laughs> you know, oh, yes. it's like corral, corralling kittens. <laughs> you know, you know who used place. to show up there in person a lot. You might've seen him there. Uh, Regis. You know what? Yes, Regis did go there. And I think he and I had a lot of the same philosophy that way, you know, that these are the these are our people. These are the people that are actually like making an effort to find us and see us and watch us. And I don't know. I was always really touched by that. I miss Regis. He was certainly a good personality. And I was sorry when they took him off because, boy, did he have that older market locked up tight. I mean, boy, my German Oma and Opa, they loved him. He did a remote in Miami Beach, Florida on the ocean, and they were right there. They they went and they don't go anywhere like that. But when Aww. Regis shows up with Kathy Lee at the time, there they were. Yeah, that was the magical combination, wasn't it? Boy, it was. Together. It sure yeah. was. So tell me, you work with Suzanne Summers. What were you selling yeah. with her? Um, well, I sold a lot of different things with Suzanne. You know, she expanded her product line a lot at HSN and she was so incredibly popular with our viewers. But I think if I had to like put my finger on one thing that's most memorable with Suzanne and a lot of my, my best memories come from my kitchen segments at HSN because they were such a disaster. But with Suzanne, she and I were in the kitchen and we were cooking something. I think we might've even been selling, she might've had cookware or something at the time, but we were, oh no, 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 no. It was some of her food that she had brought in at the time. Anyway, we're going along, we're doing our thing. And I had a two hour show with her and I turn around to grab something off the counter that we were using for the cooking show. And I turned back and I, I looked down into the frying pan and I see something shiny in the eggs. And I'm like, what in the world? <laughs> and so I dig it out. I'm like, what is this? Suzanne, when I had my back turned, had hidden a bracelet. You know, she's known for her tennis bracelets. She wore, used to wear them over her gloves all the way up her arm for her show in Las Vegas. But she had uh, a replica, uh, a CZ one that we were selling and she had slipped it into the scrambled eggs when I wasn't looking. (laughs) (laughs) I come back to the pan and I'm mixing it up and suddenly I'm holding this eggy bracelet and she's so wonderful. She just worked it right into a promo. Uh, for our next segment. <laughs> well, speaking of the kitchen, another guy. He was German, yeah. And he yeah. liked his vegetables cooked in the oven. Yes, the vegetables he loved to cook in the oven. In the oven, yes. Yes, and I think that oven or something else maybe is what you were selling, but I'll bet you you know who I'm talking about. Well, I'm assuming that it's our Spago friend. Am I correct at that? Oh, you're a hunt. I believe he owns it, last I checked. Yes, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. ding, ding, bingo. (laughs) He He is the most charming, incredible man. Wolfgang Puck and I had a lot of fun in the kitchen. I still think he's a magician. I don't understand how he can take basic things and make them so incredible. It's just, it's amazing to he watch He makes him. it he look is, easy. Oh my gosh, the food. It, it, you know, we get to taste all of it as we go along. And then the crew always stands by and then they take care of the rest of it, if you know what I mean, after uh, I, we're I'm done. sure. I'm sure. And, um, oh my goodness. I mean, he, he made prawns one day with just like three or four simple ingredients, just a little sea salt, a little lemon. And they were, I still think of them, they were so incredibly good. And he is so funny. I mean, I remember he he and his son in the green room and, and watching how lovingly he interacted with with his son at the time and just thinking, this is a really good guy, you know, very colorful man, but um, 
a very, very good guy. That was a, a good memory, actually. And prawns are large jumbo shrimp. Mm-hmm. They sure are. I had garlic <laughs> prawns in California when I was there. Oh, I loved that. Loved it. Yeah, they are. They're very, very good. Lisa Gibbons. You work with Lisa Gibbons, who I have not seen in years. I don't know what she's doing anymore. I saw her. I used to see her on uh, Entertainment Tonight, of course, along with... Uh, she was on there with Mary Hart, wasn't she? Or am I wrong? She was. That? No, I, I think, think she I think was. you're right. Yeah, which, yeah. I, have you seen her lately? I have not seen her lately, but ironically, I just wore a necklace that she gave me last week when I was on vacation. Oh, <laughs> oh. Yeah, she... She had created um, a piece of jewelry to honor her mother and had given it um, to me. I just, I was thinking about her the other day. She's a very gentle person, very nice person. And so you were selling jewelry for her. For her, yeah. Well, I actually, I can't remember if she was even selling it. She had made these to honor her mother. She, she was giving them as gifts to people that she had interacted with. And I can't remember if she ever sold it or if she just kept it, you know, kept it something as something personal that she did. But we um we bonded a lot because I and I heard you mention PBS and doing a show on PBS. I had done a show called Venture North on a regional PBS channel very early on in my career. And she had done and won awards actually for her travel program on PBS. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. It was something like Generations or My Generation or something like that. Yeah, she was a lovely, lovely person. And then Susan Lucci, you worked with uh, the, she was on the soap opera. What was it? All My Children? <laughs> yes, oh my yeah. God. I, I got them. I, I got them all. I'm running out of celebrities. You're going to have to fill me in uh, now. Oh, I that's all I got. That. There ain't I've no more. Great stories. <laughs> what did you do with Susan one. Lucci? What oh. was she selling? That is so embarrassing. She she had a line of clothing, and I have a Susan Lucci obsession, right? Because when I went to college um, at the University of Minnesota, I used to schedule my classes around watching her on All My Children. I just thought she was fantastic, and I still do. I think she's amazing. So I heard she was coming in, and I was going to be doing a show with her, and I was a little flustered, running around, and wasn't dressed yet. I mean, I had clothing on, but I wasn't dressed. I didn't. I had come off a bike ride. <laughs> out to Fort DeSoto Park. And so I hadn't been cleaned up. My hair was a mess, no makeup. I was off, came running around the corner to get into hair and makeup. And I run smack dab into Susan Lucci, one of my idols in the business. <laughs> was this in the studio or in the dressing room oh, or where? It was in the green room at HSN. Right. You had to go through this one green room, in the celebrity green room, in order to get back to the hair and makeup department. And so I was just going to slide in and get crimped and then go meet her once I was dressed. And there she was. And she didn't miss a beat. She didn't give me, you know how sometimes you get the once over. I didn't get the once over. <laughs> oh, she oh, accepted God. it with a smile. Oh, gracious as could be, as I would expect her to be. Right. But I was mortified that <laughs> I said, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm meeting Susan Lucci and I don't have any makeup on. And she said, Oh my dear, you look beautiful. And I'm like, Oh my God, Susan Lucci thinks I'm beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> It was it was a lot of fun. Oh know my! You, you get to know a lot of these people. You know, I I think of uh, the late Polly Bergen and how you know she really impacted my life and and um. What did of, you learn from her? Well, she she and I had a lot of dinners, a lot of conversations, and at the time I was single. I was kind of struggling. I was working every night at you know America Store and HSN. I worked at America Store for thirteen thirteen years. No, 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 eleven years from seven p.m. to you know, midnight sometimes. And so it was frustrating not, you know, not having the family that I wanted and, and, you know, being able to do some of the things I wanted to do, but loving my job at the same time. And so she really, you know, she gave me the discussion on putting life into perspective, trying to find a balance, a work-life balance, which was really before everybody was talking about work-life balance. You know, we're talking about 20 years ago before it was a big catchphrase and people were talking about that. So yeah, she, she was a hard worker, Polly Bergen. But she was kind of salty, and I liked it. And she told me just the way it was. I always will respect that and remember that about her. When you were on America's Store, you announced that you had become engaged and that you were going to have your online registry on a website called The Knot, K-N-O-T. Oh, is yeah, that true? true? It is true. And at the time, it was owned by QVC. Isn't that ironic? Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know <laughs> it that. All come, 
Yeah, all comes full circle. Yeah, that's right. We did all of our, I would, yeah, I've always been really into, you know, the digital thing. And, and we did, we registered and did all the planning and everything on that website. That's so funny. Yeah, we did. Ladies and gentlemen, we're at the halfway point. Welcome to Rick Flynn Presents today. I am with the queen of the home shopping television personality business. You've seen her on literally just about every venue that sells jewelry and other items on television. She is the true pro. Her name is Michelle Lau. You've seen her on HSN for 14 years. You've seen her on jewelry television. She is currently on QVC. She's still, well, I'm not even going to count what you've done locally. You've done stuff there in uh, Minnesota where you're from. Then you were ridiculous enough to throw your body out of a darn airplane and think you're going to land on the bottom without being harmed. Did you make it? <laughs> well, that's my, when they, um, when they're telling you what to do, when you're going to try skydiving for the first time, they don't really tell you what to do when you land. Like you don't think about landing or I didn't think about landing until I was on my way down. <laughs> Where <laughs> did you kinda... get the cojones to throw <laughs> your body out of an airplane? You know, I, a little known thing. I am a little bit of an adrenaline junkie. Like oh. I do enjoy skydiving, although I haven't done it in a number of years. Uh, I've been bungee jumping probably close to a dozen times. I've been oh. hang gliding. Do, you don't do seem of- like the type. <laughs> Everybody says that. You're oh, my jewelry selling <laughs> homegirl. You don't seem like a bungee jumper. Oh my gosh. I even took race car driving classes <laughs> with the Richard Petty race cars. Yes. Oh, I, I was staying at a hotel it. once and the darn, the darn, uh, uh, car carrying semi tractor was parked out back with all of those Richard Betty driving ex- Richard Petty driving experienced cars on this car hauler. There were like nine of them on there. And the driver was staying at the hotel in Richmond, Virginia, because the racetrack was right down the street where they were giving the lessons. Oh, Michelle, Michelle. (laughs) Well, here's the thing, Rick. This is what this is where this comes from. Okay, when I was in my 30s, I was diagnosed with a I don't I don't know if you know this, but I was diagnosed with a degenerative eye disease. So at that point in my life, I said, I am not holding back. I'm going to, I'm going to challenge myself. I'm going to try to do things that I don't think I can do. And I'll be darned. I can do some of the things I never thought I'd be able to do. And uh, more than that, I'm really trying to live life as fully as I can, because I don't know how long I'm going to have this vision that I have. So lucky for me, it's been a very slow degeneration and I still, I'm not able to drive anymore. But I still am able, you know, to work. I can still see very well forward. I just don't have any peripheral vision or any night vision as of now. So that's where the that's where the whole adrenaline thing comes from. I just get such a rush from doing things that I don't think I can do. It's exciting for me. Well, I remember you were giving presentations back then years ago, and you were saying like, uh, what were you saying? You were saying, well, I don't know how many of you out there are like me, but one of the things that is happening is that I do have some problems uh, with my eyesight. You know, it's declining. And you were stating, I know a lot of you out there watching may be like me as well. And if so, and then it led into your presentation, as usual, very smoothly. And that's the first I'd heard about it. But I had no knowledge until just a few days ago that you, according to the chart, would be considered legally blind. Now, there's a difference. I remember when I was 16 and I was taking my driver's training at the high school where they used to give it. You had to stay after school, and I don't know if you had to pay money. I forgot about it, but one of the teachers was our driver training teacher, and he said, in the state of Ohio, blank amount of percent of people are legally blind, and blank amount of people that have driver's licenses are also legally blind. So there are people that still have a driver's license that are legally blind. The question is... Oh, I did for many, many years. Yeah, yeah, are they driving? 
Yeah. yeah, a lot of them are. And the thing is, is they don't check, at least the best to my knowledge. Like I said, I haven't driven in a long, long, long time. But um, they don't check for peripheral vision and they don't check for night vision. And so there are many people that are on the roads driving that really shouldn't be. And I was one of them, one of you. So I understand if you're doing it but it is not safe. So it was a tough decision. When I met my husband, actually, he's the one that persuaded me to give it up. He said, listen, I'll do whatever I have to do to make sure. And this is before the age of Uber, right? Right. Because I'll do whatever I have to do to be sure that you can get around, but you're not driving. Uber has changed my life. Honestly, I should be a spokesperson for Uber because (laughs) I feel like I I got my life back, you know? Uh, You could um, sell, you could sell the telephone book and make, (laughs) and get it to fly off, off the shelves if they wanted you to do it. You could sell anything. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Now, your husband is named Ron. He's supportive of your career, is he? Yeah, he really is. He calls it the traveling circus because we have lived in so many different places and and moved around so much with this industry. But as you know, when you're in broadcasting and especially TV, you end up having to do that. And I didn't realize it when I got into, into it because I started in the 14th market. So, and I stayed there for the better part of my life and career, you know, before I took the circus on the road down to Tampa. <laughs> right. but, uh, yeah. yeah. So he has been incredible. I mean, he's given up a lot to be my husband actually, which I really appreciate and love about him, but, um, it works. It works for us. He takes pretty good care of me. And luckily I take pretty good care of him. So I have out. no doubt. He loves you very much. He's followed you on the traveling circus and <laughs> the people of America and throughout the world. And when I say that, I mean, the satellite has carried your shows far outside the United States. Have they not? They have. Yeah. And I started in the satellite in the satellite industry. Oh, really? For, what did you do there? Yeah, I worked for a company called Sky Vision. I think this is part of my love for NAB and for the low powered channels as well as I recognize the power in that whole industry. I worked for Sky Vision doing a show where I literally sold satellite jack arms and all the pieces for satellite equipment in a TV shopping format for the industry. So that's how I began the whole TV shopping thing, actually. And when did it kick over to where, to where you were an on-air personality? Well, I had, um, I had worked for the newspaper industry for a long time. I started with Knight Ritter newspapers and worked um, for the Pioneer Press. And then they hired me to um, do their training. I was the youngest on-platform trainer for Knight Ritter. So they sent me to the different properties and I did some different trainings with them. So that was exciting. But when I was doing that, one of my friends over at the CBS affiliate had asked if I would want to come on and and work as a social reporter for WCCO radio. So I did. So I would go on one of the shows and I would report on restaurants that were opening parties that were happening. You know, I was just a social reporter. It was great to be able to go to all those parties and all of that report on what happened the next Monday. It was great. But one day the talk show that CBS was doing called afternoon Midwest, they needed uh, a fill in for their afternoon program. So they asked me if I would fill in with the co-host Tom Denani, who was just so instrumental in my career. And I did, and it went really well. We had great chemistry. And so I stayed for seven years and did that show, the talk show. And one day an agent called me and said, listen, there's a, I was, and I had a marketing and advertising agency at the same time. And it was snowy that day. I'll never forget. I was wearing boots and just dressed down because it was sloppy out there. It was Minnesota, but I had my Chanel briefcase thrown over my shoulder because I headed out the door quickly that day. And my agent said, go to the Holiday Inn on the campus. There's um, an audition and you really should go. And I'm like, I'm too busy. I've got the show this afternoon. I've got clients to see today. I don't have time. So she said, okay, but I think you'd be really great for it. Well, then I got a call from a, a second agent of mine that said, you really need to go to this thing. I'm all right. Okay. I'll go. So I walked into the holiday Inn, looking like a schlub again, no makeup snowing on me, messy, but I had my case thrown over my shoulder and I looked down the hallway to this thing. And on both sides of this hallway that, you know, was a hundred feet, at least there were chairs all lined up in a row, right on both sides. And all these women were just super 
put together. <laughs> they were all sitting with their little knees together and their little, you know, notepads. And, and the tension in the air was so tight. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't have time for this today. So at the very end of the hallway, there was a table. So I go tromping up in my snow boots and I'm like, hey, I'm Michelle. And um, she handed me a number and said, well, take a seat, you know, wherever we'll call you. I said, you know what? I don't have time. I said, um, I have like 15 minutes and if you can work me in great. And if you can't, I completely understand. And she said, no, no, hang on. So they did, they worked me in, <laughs> in front of everybody else, which was a little awkward, but it was only like a five minute thing. And I, I walked in and I didn't even know what it was. Right. And so they handed me a herringbone necklace and, and they said, sell this to us. And I said, okay. And I didn't know anything about jewelry at the time, but I just kind of messed around with it. And I could tell they really liked me. It was such a weird, com- it was a weird interaction. They said, we'll get back to you in, in the next few days. And I said, okay. And I left, I remember calling my mom from the car and I said, I just had the weirdest thing happen. Could you look it up, mom, and find out what the home shopping network is? Because I've never heard of it. I've never seen it. But I think they're going to offer me a job. She said, really? And I said, it's in Tampa. And she said, oh, honey, just go for the winter. (laughs) (laughs) Just go go for the winter and try it out. And, you know, and just take it as it comes. I'm like, oh, all right. So they called me the next day and they offered me a job. And I was shocked. And by then I knew kind of what it was. And I had to report for work in three weeks. So I had to sell my business, sell my house, find a place to live down there and kind of get my head around what it was. But I you were single. You were single. Yeah. And I pivoted. I mean, you talk about pivoting. I pivoted fast. Oh, (laughs) now you took a chance. And now would you do the exact same thing again if it were to happen tomorrow? Yes. I mean, I, I think did it make I a difference that, in your life? It completely changed my life. I think taking risks and taking chances are exciting. It's exciting, but it is life altering. And I think everything happens for a reason. I, I don't think I had any choice but to go there. I think it was predestined, really. It was the best move I could have made for myself professionally and, you know, personally, too. I mean, that's where I met Ron. That's where life sort of happened. I made some of the best friends in my life down there. People that I worked with at HSN are some of my, you know, some of my closest inner circle. So that's where you yeah. met your husband. I met him in Tampa. Yeah. I'll be darned. Now, where did you learn to ad lib unscripted TV? Just talk when that red light goes on and they point at you and say, you're on. Where did you learn how to do that? I think some of it is just in you, you know what I mean? You had, were you a natural, you didn't have to go study it. You just did it. Yeah. I mean, Tom Donati and the people at Afternoon Midwest, his wife, Sandy, who is so nurturing and wonderful to me, she, and he really, I think helped me develop a lot into what I do now. But a lot of it is in you. I mean, I don't feel like it's a career. To me, it's really kind of playtime. It's fun. I guess I don't really feel like I'm selling as much as I am, you know, just presenting the good things about something. Like, I don't have to love something to present it. But if I love it, it's going to sell better, you know, if I really legitimately like it. Like, I remember, I'll tell you a quick story. This was funny. I didn't like this at all. I was working at America's store and there I sold everything. And they handed me a little porcelain, oh, it wasn't even porcelain, it was resin pig figurine. And this thing was ugly. <laughs> and it was, I mean, it was garish and it was laying on its side. And I, and I, I remember looking at it because sometimes you don't see everything before you sell it. Sometimes you just have to kind of take it as they hand it to you. And this is one of those things they just handed to me. And I remember looking up at the camera and saying, I have no idea why anybody would buy this. I can't think of, a, I can't think of one reason that somebody would want to own this. <laughs> And the phone lines exploded, Rick. I mean, people Oh, you sold them. Oh, I sold them out. Well, was this a keychain or was it something to sit on a shelf or it was it was something to collect dust because I don't know why you'd touch it again, but it was not pretty. It was not cute. It was about eight inches long and probably five inches tall. And it was a pig. It was a pig laying on its side. You know, with its one arm propped up the head and the other arm kind of was laying across its belly. Mm-hmm. And uh, But people came up with really cute ideas for how to use this thing. And I was really impressed. Like there was a restaurant that ordered a bunch of them, a barbecue restaurant ordered a bunch of them and they were going to use them on the tables, which I thought, well, there you go. There was um, p- pig farmers that bought them and thought they were darling. And I'm okay. There was somebody that was buying them for a little girl's birthday party. They were doing like a little barnyard theme. 
So that people had really good ideas and they had good ideas for buying more than one at a time, which I was thrilled about because it meant I didn't have to talk as long about it. (laughs) It was just, it was funny. And it was a lesson learned for me that, you know, just because I like or don't like something doesn't mean that it's going to sell or not sell. So that's when you kind of learn to find the good in whatever it is that's in front of you. But that was my lesson on that one for sure. That's a good lesson in life in general. Isn't it, it is. Yes, absolutely. You know, absolutely. That's part of the reason I started the podcast that I'm doing is because I want to highlight good people. I want to highlight good places, good things. You know, I think there's something interesting about everybody that you meet. I've said and, that for years, Michelle, except for the way I put it is there's a feature story in everyone. Totally. I completely agree. It's just your job to is to find find out where it is and bring it out. And I, I'm so enjoying that whole project. It's been really exciting. It's been a, really a you probably learned a lot too, but for me, it was an upward trajectory of learning. The learning curve went straight up in the air trying to put together a podcast or a YouTube channel is um people say, "Oh, I'm just going to start one," but it's there's a lot to it, right? And oh, so that, absolutely. again, is exciting. Mm-hmm. Well, they told me, Rick, don't worry about it with your background. You got it covered. And don't ask a lot of questions. Just get out there and do it. Yeah, I got the same advice. And to some degree, I agree. Like you and I, we have an easy time chatting with one another. And that's yes. something that a lot of people struggle with. But um, there is so much more, so many more layers to what we do. Like, I don't know about you, but I'm editing myself. I'm I'm editing myself. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing everything ourselves. Right. So it's a labor of love. But more importantly, I think the the takeaway from it that I want to pass along to everybody is we need to continue to challenge ourselves. Right. We need to continue to look around with wonder and to see the good around us and, and what's happening in the feature story that's unfolding right in our own backyard. So yeah, it's been, it's been really a labor of love and really quite rewarding. I'll tell you what, it's so long as I am mentally and physically able, if the good Lord allows it, I would like to be behind this microphone and speaking just like Regis was in his eighties. And that will make me happy. Um, the people that you meet, the conversations you get to have, the laughs you get to share, it's healthy. I mean, there's nothing uh, bad about it in my, uh, my eyes. And I just just try not to uh, get too immersed with the work because to me, it just, it gets easier, you know, gets easier every show. Yes. Yes. That's a good attitude. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, Michelle Lau is with us today. She is the queen of the home shopping situation in all these networks she's been employed by. You've seen her on jewelry television. You've seen her on HSN's America's Store. Now, there was a time, Michelle, and don't ask me how in the world this ever happened with you, but word got back to me, I guess, when I was at the TV station. I I heard somebody somebody either told me or I read it or something in one of the trades, but you wound up selling for a home shopping television situation in the country of Australia. Now, how in the world did that happen? You know, it's so many things, wonderful things that have happened in my life happened because of relationships that I've built over the years. And there is a man that I will always be eternally grateful to and always really love and admire. And his name is George Fierenselli. George is one of these unsung heroes that you might not ever hear about in the television shopping network, but a guy that is always like intent on doing the right thing and putting people together and trying to grow things. And there was a point when I left um, JTV that I was just, I didn't know what I was going to do. I was considering just getting out of the business. I, it was just really a really tough part of my life. And George called me and said, Hey, you, you're not done. I have an idea for you. And this is what I want you to do. And so I'm artistic and I've got a background in many different things. One of the things that I grew up in was textiles. I worked for a company called Salkin and Linoff and um, they owned, you know, over a hundred stores nationwide and, and sold soft goods. And so George, I had done shows for him at HSN. He had been a textile buyer there for a number of years and was off running this 
huge company in New York City. And and he said, I want you to come to New York. I want to talk about you designing a line of bedding for us. And I said, yes, I will do that. I'll be there next week. <laughs> so I did. I, I went down to New York and I happened to get there during um, market week, which is super busy. So I ended up working the market for him, which was interesting since I had never seen his showroom before, but I managed it somehow. <laughs> but we did. We designed a line of bedding, actually two lines. One of them uh, was in Australia and then the other one called the Hotel Suite we did up in Canada. But I owe that all to George Ferencelli. And that experience was tremendous. It gave me back a lot of self-confidence that I had lost in that transition. And it was just a very kind and friendly thing for him to do. So he and his wife, they, they mean a lot to me. And I don't say that enough to him. So I'm glad to be able to do that right now. But Um, You don't really know what people are going through when you do reach out or when you offer a hand or when you offer an interview or whatever. And we need to keep that in mind, too, that not everything is as it appears. I mean, not everything is as seamless as it appears. We all go through the same struggles in our life of, you know, losing jobs and losing family members and, you know, making life changing decisions. And I can usually pivot pretty quickly and easily. But there are times when we all get stuck and we and we say, oh, my God, what are we going to do? What's going to happen next, whether it's a job or a relationship or whatever. I was I was at one of our major comedy clubs here uh, talking to them about emceeing some of their shows. And fun. I had to wait in line for like three weeks for my appointment with the, the owner. And I said, do you have that many people lined up to work and t- to host shows? I mean, I didn't know there were that many qualified MCs would want to come in and work late at night and do this. He said, oh, no, yeah. no. He said, that's not it at all. He says, if somebody calls me and wants to meet with me, I put them on the calendar. I see everybody. I say, everybody. He said, oh, yep. He said, if there's one thing I've learned in this business, he's owned comedy clubs. His brother and him owned them in Tampa, I believe, where you worked. He owned them all over, high-class clubs, million-dollar operations, each of them, easy. And he says, the reason I see everybody, Michelle, is because you never know who's going to walk through that door. That's true. (laughs) He said, that's one thing I've learned in life. If they want to see me that badly, I'll put them on the calendar. We'll have a meeting and I'll enjoy every one of them to meet them and see what they have on their minds. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's a really, and I know time is always an issue, but we never know. We need to make time for people that we love. I've been, um, during this pandemic, Rick, I've been really trying to make an effort to reach out to people that have impacted my life, my career, my whatever it is, and uh, reconnect with them. And it uh, sometimes you get a really funny hello on the other end of the phone when you haven't spoken to somebody in 10 years. But 99% of the time, it's just delightful. And it's good for the soul, good for the spirit. So yeah, I'm with him. See everybody that you physically can, because you never know what you're going to find. And then some ad-libber from Cincinnati is going to get a hold of you and boost your ego up more. Uh, I couldn't be more thrilled. This has been a lot of fun. (laughs) I'll tell you what. I had my Fauci ouchie the other day. The Mo, (laughs) what is it? Modera, Moderna. Yeah. I slept 21 and a half hours in two days. Oh my goodness. You're feeling well now. Oh, I'm fe- I never was sick. I didn't have a fever. I had my temperature taken every day. I never was nauseous. I didn't have any illness of any sort, but it made me sleep. And that's round one. I, I got it at the family doctor uh, rather than at the department stores, which were also giving them out. Uh, but the doctor said, listen, <laughs> it's the second one that packs much more of a punch than the first. So you stand by in three weeks, we're going to give you the second one and make sure you're not going to be driving long trips on that day. So in a couple more weeks, Michelle, I think I'm going to be sleeping again until the, and it wears off, of course, in in about three days. So take care. Yes, I'm going to take care. And Michelle, I hope that your eye situation is just real slow. Is it possible that it may not even get worse at all? Anything is possible, right? Yeah, anything's possible. It's a nonlinear disease. So it, um, it, there have been times when it's accelerated. There have been times, you know, like working the overnight shifts, the late night shifts, not good for me, which I knew that. But, um, 
So I just take care of it. I, I try to live a, a relatively stress-free life and try to be healthy, as healthy as I can be. And yes, hopefully I will keep what I have for the rest of my life. And don't you believe that with the creativity that you have been able to live your life with and express your personality with to all these millions of people worldwide, that that was like a gift that was given to you? I'm one of the luckiest people in the whole world. I really believe that. Yes, a definite gift. Tell everybody what you used to do on Mother's Day with your mom. Oh, I'm, I'm so and your mother's to remember name, all of Your mother's things. name, I'll tell you your mom's name. Her name was Pat. Mom is still with us. In fact, um, we're moving her in this week. So it's ironic this conversation is coming up. Big change in mom's life. Mom is... Um, uh, well, first of all, what we did every Mother's Day that I worked at HSN and also um, at a number of the other channels, uh, we did the same thing, is we would fly mom in and we would co-host together. My mom started in jewelry in her career and worked uh, in diamonds, which is so funny, um, at a store in West St. Paul, Minnesota. And so she has a real love for jewelry specifically. So she would come on and we would co-host this Mother's Day show and we would honor her in that way. And it was such special memories throughout the years. I've saved all of that, all of that videotape and I'll relish it forever. But my dad passed away about, I guess, almost 10 years now. And mom stayed in the family house that he had built for all of these years, but it's going to go on the market here in this next month. And so we're sending her things down this week and then she's putting the house on the market and she'll follow she and her little dog teddy will follow shortly thereafter and she's going to live with ron and i we built her an apartment um in the lower level of our home and we're just thrilled to have her we can't wait till she gets here oh i think that's marvelous now are you still in minnesota are you in westchester pennsylvania where are you now we are in downingtown pennsylvania now we moved into a different place that could accommodate an apartment yeah, so it's just been very a very exciting few years, and hopefully we'll stay here for the long term. I, I just absolutely love the change of seasons here and the people, and QVC has been wonderful to me. Oh, really? So you still get to go in their studio and work, too, not just at home? Well, we had to pivot there, too. Um, we got a note from QVC when the pandemic hit last year saying that they were taking all of the guests remote, and so we've had to set up a studio within our home. And I actually move it around within our house just to kind of keep it fresh, you know, um, right, yes. I move it every, every few months, but I had to learn how to be, this is what I mean about skill sets and the accelerated learning curve. We had to learn about lighting and sound and just everything, how to, how to wire our home for broadcast quality and, and all of that. It's been a lot, but I love it. I like working out of the house. I miss going in. I miss my QVC family for sure. And the excitement that live TV brings when you have everybody around you, but they've been generous in that we've been able to work out of the house and still, you know, continue to make a, make a living. So it's been great. Well, I would like to thank television station WKRP in Cincinnati for my knowing all about Michelle Lau's life and what she Thank has you. done, including hosting with your mother on Mom's Day and selling all the, the jewelry. But you sold a lot of other things other than jewelry. You would sell items that had nothing to do with wearing jewelry. <laughs> and you know what? That means, as far as I'm concerned, Michelle Lau, you're a pro. Thank you. I don't think there's anything that you can't sell. Nothing. Oh, I appreciate that. You know, my most successful show at HSN was a computer. <laughs> oh, really? A, a, a desktop <laughs> or a laptop? Which is crazy. It was a desktop. And um, it, it, I couldn't believe it. We, I mean, we did a million dollar hour in that, in that oh. desktop. I wanted to ask you. I was thinking what I wanted to ask you the other day, and I forgot to ask. I wanted to ask you if in your shift, one shift of one day, whatever the hours you worked on the air, not behind the scenes, on the air, did you have days where you sold a million dollars? That was an hour, one hour. One, one hour, hour you sold a million dollars and people out there say, well, now I know why he's saying this girl is good. 
<laughs> you are real that. good, Miss Lyle. Real good. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, Thank you. my, oh, my. Well, I can't tell you how excited I am, ladies and gentlemen, about bringing this lady I've never met before in my life, but I know all about her from my days at the television station because we owned the stations, our, our auxiliary stations that carried both HSN and uh, JTV, Jewelry Television, where this woman worked a combined total of 17 years only on those two networks, not including everywhere else in the world she worked. I love this lady. She's a true pro. Michelle Lau, I can't thank you enough. Before we leave, I just want you to say good night, Michelle. Good night, Michelle. Hey, thanks for watching, and I can't wait to see you on QVC. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. Our special guest today, the pro herself, steps in. From the television to the podcast, I couldn't be happier. This is Rick Flynn speaking. It's been fun, but I've got to run. On behalf of myself and TV shopping personality, Michelle Lau, it's been a great time. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you on the next one. Good night. The preceding was a Rick Finn production. This is your announcer, Chantal Marie speaking.